This is Who She Knows, a podcast produced by She Knows Media. And this is your host, Elisa Camahort-Page, Chief Community Officer for She Knows Media. Today we'll be talking to Sarah Michelle Geller, star of the iconic television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also an entrepreneur as co-founder and CCO of Foodsters, a food and lifestyle company that delivers meaningful experiences through the act of baking. Sarah Michelle, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So you're coming to Blog Her 16 in a couple of weeks to talk about a somewhat new role for you, startup co-founder. Uh, on the face of it, as a star of TV and movies and all of that, that's that seems like kind of a leap. And what made you take that jump? You know, I don't think it's as much of a leap as it used to be. Mm. I think that the way we look at media and how we consume media is vastly different, especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, it used to be only film actors did film, and then, mm-hmm. okay, well, television's okay. And then, you know, now all of a sudden it's, you know, digital content. And I think that that role evolves, but I think... What's interesting is, you know, as someone in the media, I have a great platform. Yeah. And it's a really great way to get a message across, to get something important, and and to show, you know, your fans and people out there a little bit of a different side of you. And there was always more that I wanted to do. And I think for so long, actors, you know, they're just actors. They're not capable of more. But I always (laughs) knew that I was capable of so much more. And it was about finding, you know, the right space, the right project, and the right point in my life. Right. And so you came up with Foodsters, um, and I, I described it briefly, but do you want to give everybody the elevator pitch right now? Sure. You know, originally it started just as an idea with our children. Um, two my two co-founders, Galit Labo and, and Gia Russo and I, all have kids, and we're always looking for activities where we could really spend time and connect with them. I think the thing that we say a lot is that in a society that is getting more and more connected, ultimately all that's happening is we're getting more and more disconnected. Mm. And what are those moments where you really connect and spend time? And it always goes back to food. It goes back to the kitchen. Yeah. It goes back to those real moments. And my kids, you know, as most, you know, young kids are, they're all fascinated by all the baking shows and the the cooking shows. And it really wasn't my forte. My husband was the chef. But I realized I was missing a great opportunity, a learning opportunity and, and, you know, a really communicative opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing these fun projects, and I'm a, I'm a crafty person, and so, you know, with the rise of Instagram, I'd seen and Pinterest all these, like, really cool projects, and I wanted to, baking from scratch was going to be way too complicated for me. So I went to the store looking for, you know, a scratch mix, and I was shocked by what I found, because mm. it seems that, you know, you have your traditional brands, your legacy brands that are mm-hmm. all chemicals and filled with, you know, all these things that I would never feed my family, or the other end where you have no taste. And I thought, we thought, goodness, like, why is there nothing in the middle? And after really doing some research, we realized that there was a real, it was a real sleepy category. There was a real lack of someone coming in and speaking to sort of the millennial shopper, which I like to think of myself as. I want a brand that's transparent, that I can trust, where, Mm -hmm. you know, I know where the ingredients come from. I know, you know, and it sort of has grown from there. So what started initially as a subscription concept and one-offs, we're now getting ready to launch retail next month. Amazing. And you went from thinking it was too complicated, so obviously you needed a mix, to actually creating the mix, which seems a lot more complicated. Um, but You know, that, that part took some help. You know, luckily, <laughs> Galit and I may have been novices, but Gia is not a novice, thankfully. Right. Gia worked with Martha Stewart. And um, by the way, since I've last seen you, the highlight of my life was when I, uh, I went to go to Martha Stewart's office <gasps> to meet the people you know, in her office. And they said, you know, just you know Martha's in the kitchen. And they went, oh, okay, Martha who? Like, it never occurred to me, I don't know why that like Martha Stewart would actually 
be in the kitchen. And I don't get starstruck that often, you mm-hmm. know. And, and we came in, and there was like Martha Stewart in her kitchen, and she was like, "You're that the California baking brand, right? I know you." And I literally was tongue tied. It was like, "Wait, Martha Stewart knows what I do." Wow! And she knew you as the California sort of... baking brand. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she knew who I was. <laughs> Otherwise, but it was interesting that that's what she chose yeah. to say to me as opposed to the other. And I was like, well, okay, that, that's like the mark of, oh, you've actually made it. Uh, yes, I think so. That's a mark of respect for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, this so, yeah, is... we spent two years developing the mixes, sourcing the best ingredients that we could find. We're really on the cutting edge of what what is next in ingredients. We're using yeah. uh, biodynamic sugar, which is a really fascinating new way of farming. It's four huh. times cleaner and better for you than um, organic. Wow. We've managed to track down fair trade cocoa. I mean, we're really spending the time to find those ingredients that I think the modern shopper would want. You know, so I I think that it could have been pretty easy for you to hire a team, to lend your name and your likeness, and, and it could still be something you believed in. I mean, that would be great, but you're way hands-on. Like, this is what you're doing with so much of your time, and you are super everyday right in the middle. Why go that route of being so like day-to-day operational um, versus finding a team to make something you care about? I think that's a two-part answer. And I think that, you know, the one part is if you want to get something done your way, you have to do it yourself. And to really do this right, I've never been one to just lend my name stuff. If I work for a charity, I do the work. I don't just show up at the event. And that's just how I've always lived my life. And also, you know, hiring a team of people takes a lot of money. Yeah. And that's its own beast. And, you know, we raised just a little bit of money to be able to really use it for working capital. I don't take a salary. Gleet doesn't take a salary. You know, we, we do it for the work and, and to really make the product the best possible. Everything that we do goes into the product and not paying other people. Yeah. So you've you've been launched almost a year, I think. You've raised venture funds and you're dealing we with... Launched, we launched online in October. October. So not even a year. Um, no, not a year yet. You've raised venture funds. You're dealing with supply chain and manufacturing and e-commerce and now retail issues. So how glamorous is that day to day? I mean, that's that's you're going going right <laughs> On a in. Scale of one to ten, <laughs> negative ten thousand. Um, I don't know about glamorous. It's certainly fascinating. It's uh-huh. interesting. I have a whole new respect for food and where the ingredients come from and how it gets transferred. Um, you know, and also what it takes to really have a startup. I think that we all have stars in our eyes and we think everything is Facebook and everything's going to be Google and it's not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's for sure. I think they call them unicorns for a reason. And by now, most of the unicorns are like, you know, my little pony and and not unicorns at all. So um, that's so, so true. So you're you're launching into retail. Um, What else is next? What are you excited to, you know, now that you've really been you know gotten going and you're starting to grow and all of that like what what are you thinking about that's kind of far forward looking hiring some people to take some of the work uh <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking you know we're looking we're definitely getting excited to unveil our new packaging which mm. um everyone will see when we hit retail and also we're switching to completely organic which was something you know we had tried to do initially but not all the ingredients were as readily available as we've been able to find them now and all of our high-quality ingredients. And I think just hitting retail and making it really accessible for people and getting it in their hands to try it. You know, at the end of the day, you can have a great concept, but it's a food product, and you only come back when it tastes really good. And I think that one of the things that we've really managed to do is keep the price point accessible but keep the taste, you know, at the highest point. Right. So where are you rolling out, just so our listeners can know whether to look for it in their area? 
goodness, well, we're going to start, we're starting slowly. I think that that's the best way to do it so that we can really manage it. Again, we're doing supply chain and all of that ourselves, so uh-huh. it has to be something that's feasible. So we're starting uh, in two places and basically in our back, both of our backyards. So we're okay. starting at Gelson's in Los Angeles and Whole Foods uh, uh, Northeast, so oh, my, cool. my two backyards. So will it be in the Whole Foods in Manhattan? Our office is right near Chelsea it's, Market. <laughs> Uh, goodness, I have to double check that. I know we're. St- I know that we're. I think our first official launch is going to be the opening of the new Williamsburg Whole Foods. Oh, but yes, I would imagine it would be in that one as well. Awesome, cool. That will be our first official day on the shelves is when um, Whole Foods Williamsburg opens. Nice, excellent. Um, so let's. Which actually might be next week. Next week. Uh, I'm thinking. Actually, it might be next week. My dates are all very confused. Summertime is very confusing. <laughs> it's not the routine. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no. So let's let's brag on your family a little bit since they were part of the inspiration for Foodsters and that baking with your family. You all have a lot going on. So I hear that Freddie is also going to be at Blog Her 16 in a couple weeks with his new cookbook. He is going to be at Blog Her 16. Uh, yeah, it was something I had been telling him about forever. And it's funny, I was telling him he's never been to Austin, hint, hint, hint. Oh. Uh, so I was trying to convince him that a, a weekend getaway for Blog Her Food might be a really good idea. I can't uh, believe he's never you know, been there, really. Know, you, might, you might know some people that are involved in that. I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. I will go back to the home office and look little, into that. <laughs> yeah, just plant a little seed. Somebody might know something about right. something happening in Austin. Yeah. You know, it's one thing for you to talk about your product or your project and, and talk about it. But it's another thing to have other people really experience it and be able to talk about it. And I think that was something that I really learned. And my first experience at BlogHer, which is when you, you really meet people and you work together as a team, it's more voices. It's not just you saying, hey, try my product. It's good as other people saying who have a well-respected following as well saying, oh, I've tried this and this is great and this is what you can do and this is why. And it's such a great platform for that. And I think it would be really good for his cookbook. It's, you know, it's great for him and I to go and say, these recipes are amazing. You should try them. And it's another thing when, you know, great, well-respected uh, chefs say the same thing. He recently had Michael Simon and Mario Batali both like raving over wow. his recipes. And it's nice. such a great moment when that happens. Yeah. So what has been your experience working with some of the bloggers and influencers that you met at Blogger Food last year, but also just working online? I know you've been doing various outreach and, and um, community building. Uh, what? How's you know, that been going? creative mind. It's like a think tank of creative minds. You mm-hmm. really, when you meet the right people, and it has to be the right pairing, and it has to be organic. I think that's something that audiences can smell now when when people post or because they're paid to or or tout someone else's, you know, you can you can smell the inauthenticity of it. Yeah. And so I think it, it people really know when it's organic and someone really likes and respects your product or enjoys, yep. you know, the food. It was, it was funny, um, Catherine McCord, for example, when she first sent me one potato, you know, it was like I couldn't wait to, like, tell everyone fast enough how good it was. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, I'm not paid to do that. I'm right. doing that because I genuinely enjoyed the product. I found it easy. My kids loved it. My husband loved it, and he's pickier than my kids. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so true. I think that's one of the core things. You know, people get tired of hearing the word authenticity. Like after a while, it starts to become, sounds like a buzzword, but it is so fundamental that if you start to dismiss it, you know, you're heading down the wrong path. It, it's always going to matter. I don't care how many times you hear the word. Uh, I have one funny question. Um, so 
on my Facebook over the last two days, a trending topic has been that there is going to be a new coloring book targeted to adults that's going to cover the the seven TV seasons of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. And I just, I find this amazing, A, that, I mean, it's years later now that they're coming out with this. Um, and B, that it's, people are so excited it's a trending topic. Um, I have, you know, I, I think I've I finally outed myself as like an intense, super Buffy fan. Um, I was, tr- you know, I was trying to play it cool, but, you know, it's true. I do think it's the best show that was ever on TV. And um, why do you think... Why do you think all these years later there's enough interest to do that, that there's enough love, that it that it gets so much buzz? I, I find that part of it so interesting. I find it very – I like to analyze why it has such resonance, and I'm curious what your analysis is. Well, I think, first of all, you hit one thing, which is it's been trending. Clearly, I'm off trend because you were the first that I had heard about it. <laughs> So one thing we learned from this lesson, if you want to know what's trendy, clearly don't ask me. Uh, You are the trend, Sarah Michelle. You are the trend. (laughs) (laughs) When you make make quality art, whether it's film, television, literature, a recipe, whatever it is, they stand the test of time because the truest stories resonate whether they take place now or in the past or in the future. And I think, you know, we've, on the surface, sure, it was a show about, you know, sure, monsters and demons, but they were just metaphor for the yeah. hell years of being a teenager and, and, and getting out in the world and learning what life is. And I think that's something that's easily relatable. And I think that's why it stands up the way it does. Yeah. I've been rewatching. I in. I just finished season two. And watching it now later, uh, you know, I'm over 50. I'm watching it now, years later, and there was a whole part where it really kicked in. I think it was the part where Giles and Jenny, like the bringing in that there's this adult relationship brewing, and then of course what happens to her, and now we're getting really inside baseball, but um, my husband and I were watching, and we were both just so moved by the whole second half of season two, and we were like, oh my God, this is so like, it. but it struck, I think, different chords for me now as a more adult, older person. Well, as you experience different things in yeah. life, you take different things yeah. from it. I mean, I always joke that when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with Grease too. Like, yes, <laughs> I love that movie. And then all of a sudden, one day when I was in high school, like a bell went off and I was like, wait, they're not actually singing about bowling when they say they're going to score tonight? Like, oh you my God. That, you know, so uh. you, can, you can take different emotions and different experiences yep. every time you watch something because you're at a different place in your life. And that's, I think, again, true of any yep. song, recipe, book. I mean, I reread books all the time and yep. there's things I've missed or things that hit me differently or struck different emotional chords. Yep. I, on that note, I listen. I loved Steve Miller's song, um, Joker, when I was a kid. I had no idea what Midnight Toker meant. Um, I thought he was just yeah. saying Midnight Talker, funny. It was years later. I was like, oh, my God, that was like about pot. I was completely shocked. Anyway, um, great. Well, thank you so much. I really always great to touch base with you and see what you are up to. And it's always um, you're always kind of thinking about innovating and thinking about the next thing. And that's what for whatever your startup is, that's what you've got to do. You always got to be thinking about that next thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing you in Los Angeles uh, at Blogger 16 in a couple of weeks. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. 
That's it for this episode of Who She Knows, a She Knows Media podcast. For next week's episode, we'll be talking about how innovative women are driving the use of technology and social media to address mental health issues in our communities. And don't forget, there are still tickets available for Blog Her 16 at blogher16.eventbrite.com. I'm your host, Elisa Camelhort page Chief Community Officer at She Knows Media. Please tweet me, at Elisa C., or leave a message for us on the Blog Her or She Knows Media Facebook page. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening.